welcome to Randall Recaps, How I Met Your Podcast, Season 5, Episode 14, The Perfect Week, and here is the best dad in the world, and happy Father's Day to him, Steve, and my lovely and loving mama, Jen. Thanks, buddy, and hey, Jen. Hey, Steve. Happy Father's Day. Thank you so much. It's been a lovely Father's Day. A great Father's Day breakfast was cooked. And it's been a very peaceful day. It has taken us a little while to podcast because Jen's work has been bananas. So many bananas. The other, what was it, last week? One of the nights you came home at midnight from work. I did. Or at least that's where she said she was. (laughs) Hey, I FaceTimed you at one point. (laughs) You could see where I was. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, I have never worked that long in my entire life. 15-hour day. Do not recommend. Zero out of ten. So I took Mercy on her last week. I let her catch up on sleep. She had been missing for a while. And quite frankly, and it's been confirmed by my watching, (laughs) I wasn't looking forward to this episode. Yeah, it made me chuckle a few times, but we have a good string of like really great episodes coming up, so this is definitely going to pale in comparison to them. Yeah, there's a little speed bump on the way to a run of great him-yum. Why why didn't I like this episode? I... Maybe you have to be a baseball fan to enjoy it. I don't know. They just lean so heavily on the baseball metaphor the entire way through. Yeah, you know what? I was thinking about that because like, I actually was somewhat into baseball as a kid, so like, I got all the references, but I was really wondering, like, if you know nothing about baseball, does this make any sense to you? <laughs> yeah, I think you only need a very... Th- Rudimentary. Yeah, level of, of baseball knowledge to get what they're talking about. But... And yes, there was a couple laughs, mm-hmm. but I, I don't know. I I feel like it was. Uh, <laughs> I feel like I was watching an episode of How I Met Your Father. <laughs> it's like okay, this is kind of funny, but mm, I laughed more in this one than I've ever laughed at How I Met Your Father. So I don't know if I did, or if I did barely. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't one of the best ones, but yeah, it had little moments here and there. We have one email to read, and that's it. Okay, We're, we've been very late on emails lately. Sorry if. Uh, We've offended anybody out there or have been taking too long to podcast sometimes, so you sort of have lost momentum in listening and responding, but you know, yeah. please continue to write in. We do enjoy getting some of the feedback. Unfortunately, we can't always be as consistent as we would hope to be. So, perfect week. I might try and move through this one a little quickly. I don't want to get into a lot of the details, especially of every time... All the different versions of him picking up a woman. None of that was very interesting, I thought. No, I mean, we didn't see much of it. It was basically the gang talking about something else, and then Barney's off in the background, and then they see him leave. And that was yeah, the main story wasn't it. very good. I thought there was most of my laughs were outside of it. Mm-hmm. Were in some of the little sub-stories that weren't fleshed out. So we start off with the narrator introducing Barney, sitting in a, some sort of waiting room. And he informs us that Barney is dealing with some nerves. And the way Barney does that is by being interviewed by renowned sportscaster Jim Nance. Now, I only know Jim Nance from football because that's the only thing I watch. Like, I wonder, does he do baseball too? Probably, if he's being interviewed. I don't know. I don't know what he commentates on so much, but I think in general he's a you know, sports broadcaster. He's a... Right. Sports like journalist. Is he the one that said he could go all the way? Was that his thing? He could go all the way. I feel like that was a really long time ago. Well, yeah, but I don't think Jim, I don't know if Jim Nance is still actively sportscasting. 
I feel like he is. I feel like I hear him on football games that we like last few seasons that we've watched. Like Jim Nance and Phil Sims. No, Chris Berman, I think, is actually one famous for he could go all the way. Who is he talking about? I don't know. Or is it just like a regular thing? He well, it says, became or? a regular thing oh, when okay. someone would break away on a run or, oh, or a catch. Okay. They they would he would sometimes say he could go all the way. Gotcha. And then I think there was you know a NFL video game maybe it was probably Madden Madden or something where they would say that during the the play of the game. Hmm. At any rate, so we get an imaginary Jim Nance interviewing Barney. And he's very complimentary to Barney. He's saying Barney is, in, in the realm of picking up women, he's comparable to Ali in boxing, Jordan in basketball. He's kind of reading his background. He's been with over 200 women from six continents, 17 nationalities. I'll end it there. Mm-hmm. And then Jim's asking him to sort of review the, the past week. And it cuts over to McLaren's. And Barney's pointing out to the crowd, and Marshall and Ted are excited here because apparently Barney is calling his shot. And that's like a Babe Ruth thing. Right, right? yeah, Babe Ruth. I'm not sure when he did it, but at some point he pointed out into the, you know, above the outfield, and that was him predicting that he was going to hit a home run, and I believe he did. I guess if he didn't, that wouldn't become a famous story. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So I guess he doesn't like who he initially pointed at because he moves. The pointer, which right. I think defeats the whole purpose, but... Robin enters. Lily's wondering how her date with Dale went. And Robin responds with, you know, sometimes that guy with the horned rim glasses and Smurf t-shirt is just being ironic. Sometimes he's a dork. Yeah, this... I get, you know, it was a little bit funny the way this plays out, that Robin, like, doesn't like this guy, but then she's, like, offended that he didn't call her. But, eh, it doesn't... It doesn't go too far. <laughs> Sadly, I thought this was one of the better bits of this episode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, again, not not the best episode, but it's fine. <laughs> Lily says it's okay to date a guy who believes in fictional characters, and Marshall points out Sasquatch is not fictional. <laughs> so, and then Barney walks out the door. Night one is over. Night two, they're back at the bar. Barney's identified another woman he wants to hook up with. This might be my least favorite line. He says, see that hottie over there nursing a black Russian? She's about to chase that with a white American up top. Yeah, and then nobody... But then... (laughs) Yeah, no, no. Go ahead. I was going to say, yeah. Then nobody high-fives him. They all just kind of look at him. (laughs) And I do like his line here. You know, if you're not careful, you're going to lose me. Mm, Okay. (laughs) I thought that one was kind of funny. Robin jumps into, yeah. what should I say when Dale calls for a second date? Marshall wonders how she knows he's going to call, and then we get smug Robin, which I like. Right. You're cute, Marshall. But I think Mama knows when a dude's digging the show. Yeah. That was pretty good. Yep. And then Ted says, you know, she should let him down easy. And we launch into Ted's story. And, yeah, tell, you know, explains it in a way that makes everybody wonder <laughs> what happened at school today, Ted. Ted's, we cut to Columbia in a flashback. Ted is, it's a new semester apparently, so it's the first day of class. And he's calling out roll, and then he says, wait a second, and realizes or thinks that they put a false name on there for fun. I don't think I've ever seen anyone do that in college. Yeah, I. it's interesting that he automatically went to that. Now, this is fairly innocuous, but this would not play today. No, not at all. But I want to say it was still funny because of the actress doing Cook Poo. Yes, yeah. 
that's the saving grace of it, is she was very funny. <laughs> Here. <laughs> now, Cook Pooh is played by Hong Chow, who I didn't recognize from anything, but I was just kind of curious if she was mm-hmm. from something else. And it turns out she was in a few episodes of the recent Watchmen TV show. Okay. And she was in Big Little Lies. Really? Yeah, her character's name was Jackie. I couldn't, we've seen it, but we, I couldn't remember who she would have been in it. Right. And I guess she had a big role in the movie Downsizing opposite Matt Damon. I don't even know what that is. It was sort of a science fiction movie where you could choose to be shrunk and live in a, like a tiny house. Something like that. That would fix climate change, I bet. Yeah, I'm sure that was something that was in there somewhere. <laughs> but she's actually had a pretty promising career since then, since this episode. Good for her. That's awesome. So, yeah, Ted goes on the real long tangent about it being a fake name and making fun of it, and it's not even a good fake name. And throughout it all, yeah, we have Cook very quietly here. Yeah, every time her <laughs> name does get mentioned, she says here. It was funny. Um, what was it? Was... leaves crying. And I got to say, I'm sure that when. We went through the round of poo jokes back at McLaren's. I thought it was funny back then because actually they are fairly clever. Right. But I'm not going to go back through them just because it's, you know, at the end of the day, it's making fun of a name because it's not one we're used to hearing. Yeah. And also we hear enough eight-year-old boy level jokes living in this house. Yeah. I thought these were pretty good, though. (laughs) Barney leaves again with another woman. So that's two out of two. (laughs) I did kind of like... This thing. what what they're saying about him after <laughs> yeah. he leaves. Robin, that girl's lucky. Barney was the best sex I ever had, and he's the best friend I've ever had. He's everything I want Marshall to be. He's everything I wish I could be. Barney, just assuming assuming. They they've done this a few times, <laughs> right? <laughs> but always funny. And again, Jim is really uh, kissing up to Barney. Right, I buy it. You're awesome. All right, now we're on to night three. We are back in McLaren's, and Barney's saying he's going to go. For a woman with small boobs. This was okay. You're Lily says he's disgusting. Barney's like, Lily, they're people too. Another and, joke that we've used, I think, many times here. Yeah, probably. And just, yeah, a classic, you know, Barney and Lily back and forth. Where he tries to make it sound like she's the ridiculous one. They get their food and Ted points out that Marshall and Lily are not sharing their meal. Which is... I think a strange thing to say they always share their meal. We've seen many meals right. that they're not sharing or splitting a meal. Now, they like to taste off of each other's plates and kind of compare whose Maybe order was burgers. better. But well, we haven't seen that on The World's Greatest Burger. So, no, I don't think so. Yeah, this is no, sort of, I mean, it's just a, a lead-in to where this storyline's going. Right. So. But, yeah, it, it doesn't hold up. They're like, we're not the kind of couple, or we, we're not weirdos who share everything. Ted's like, yeah, you are. That's your thing. <laughs> That's exactly what you are. And then we come to find out what happened that made them not want to share. They've been trying to find new couple friends. They finally found, you know, another couple that they were really hitting it off with. The other couple's telling a toothbrush, toothbrush in the toilet bowl story, and... It slips out that Lily and Marshall share their toothbrush. The other couple is freaked out. And they don't even think there's anything wrong with it. He just says, the same thing happened to our toothbrush. And then they like seem genuinely confused when everybody's like, what? I don't, I don't think there's anything really wrong with share, sharing a toothbrush between two people. I wouldn't want to do it. And we're, we have two separate bathrooms, so it wouldn't <laughs> even make sense. But it's it's not the worst thing in the world. I think by the time you're married, it's fine. I mean, I don't mind, like, if I forgot mine, I'd borrow yours. But 
day in, day out. <laughs> no, I don't really want to share my toothbrush. I, it wouldn't bother me. If you were like, hey, I'm going to start using your toothbrush and we had, we were downsized into a single bathroom. No. I wouldn't care. And we couldn't take up extra toothbrush space. Now, I brush my teeth in the shower because my theory is why not do as much as you can in the shower? So I shave in the shower. I brush my teeth in the shower. Obviously, at night, I take the toothbrush out of the shower and brush my teeth. But when I, sh- when I shower in the morning, I brush my teeth in the shower. No, I don't, I don't want to do that. Well, I didn't invite you in. <laughs> no, I was just thinking about it. Like, is that something that would... Well, what would you rather be doing? Standing in front of a mirror, brushing your teeth, or under a nice, hot, comfy shower? <laughs> well, I got a routine teeth. going. So, like, in the morning, I go in, I take my pills, and then I brush my teeth. And that's how I remember, like, so I don't forget my pills. <laughs> so it would mess up my routine. Yeah, sure. I still stand by my brush my teeth in the shower theory. Okay. And you can. Yeah, I mean... Apparently you don't forget to take your pills all the time. <laughs> I only have one pill. Mm. I mean, I'm, I'm sure I am 10 years away from 10 pills, but right now I only got to take one. So we get like a, a cascading reaction where, you know, the, the couple reacts and then Ted reacts and then Jim Nance reacts. Yeah, they all think it's super weird. We're back at McLaren's. <laughs> Ted's line's pretty good. Marshall, four out of five dentists just threw up in their mouths. <laughs> and then Barney's out the door again with another girl. Three for three. Lily thinks this is gross, and then Ted says, are, are you kidding? He's on his way to a perfect, and then he stops. And then we get the whole th- running theme of the show that uh, he's having a perfect week, but like a Nobody pitcher can. pitching a no-hitter, right. you don't go up and you don't say anything to them about it. Right. So it, the way Barney explains it is seven nights, seven girls, zero rejections. So does that mean he has to pick a girl and has to leave with that girl? Like, Correct, yes. Okay, so he can't, like, oh, that one didn't work, I'll just... I mean, they could have just done it where he picked somebody up each night. Right. And we know his numbers aren't good enough to do that usually because Marshall yeah, pointed out say, that like, his that success would, rate's low. Yeah, so you would think that would be enough of an accomplishment. Right, but they went the extra Yeah. with okay. he didn't get rejected once. Okay. I think that's the way they had to do it. To fit the Yankee in at the end because he could have just gone to another girl otherwise. Yeah, okay. That makes sense. And so we get some flashbacks to times he was on his way to a perfect week and then it didn't pan out. And more, you know, baseball analogies here. A teammate makes an error, wild pitch. I like the visual of Ted dropping the drinks on the girl. I don't know why that made me laugh. (laughs) Barney said he was... Barney and Jim Nance are talking about this, about the perfect week. And Jim says it's like the equivalent of pitching a perfect game in baseball, but even more rare. Barney says the only player to have achieved both was mustache Pete Drexel back in 1896. Then we get an old-timey picture of Barney with a handlebar mustache. (laughs) Right. I kind of like that. Uh, And then he goes into some of the mistakes that they've had, Mm -hmm. some of the errors. Right. So night four, we're back at the bar again. Ted lets everybody know that Cook did not show up for class today. Everybody pretends they don't know what he's talking about. So he has to say the full name again. And now we get a Robin who's starting to get a little anxious because the dork hasn't called her. (laughs) She actually thinks he's calling and it turns out to be her mom. But (laughs) Her mom's going through some Major League Health stuff, but she doesn't answer. (laughs) And then this gets a little funny. So Ted wants to know when they started sharing a toothbrush. And Marshall said years ago when he should have known because they did it when they lived with him. He thought they always kept their toothbrush in, the ba- in their bedroom, which was weird, by the way. <laughs> They're like, no, we kept it in the bathroom. 
<laughs> Ted's like, no, there's only one toothbrush in the bathroom, and it was mine. I have questions. <laughs> I have lots of questions. And then Ted starts, realizes what happened here. Ted starts, like, wiping his mouth yeah, out with a napkin. Yeah. Marshall and Lily look like they're about to vomit. But, like, literally are they saying they shared one toothbrush yes. for eight years. Well, Nobody I- bought a new toothbrush. In eight years, because how is this possible that the toothbrush just randomly changes one day and nobody notices? I, yeah, I see what you're saying, but <laughs> someone could have bought a new toothbrush and everyone... I think the only person that would have been confused by that is Ted. Because at least between Marshall and Lily, they thought they were sharing one toothbrush with each other. So, if so they one of them bought one. Yeah, if one of them bought one, they would have thought, yeah. If they saw a new one there, they could have thought the other person bought it. Okay. With Ted, if a new toothbrush pops up, then he should have been... Yeah, he should have had questions. But maybe it was always him buying the new one. And so... Oh. So that's, that's the possibility of how that could have worked. Okay. All right. You answered my questions. Thank you. Barney walks out flashing four, because this is the fourth person he's succeeded with. But then came night five. And so I, I think this was supposed to be the equivalent of... Oh, God, what's it called? The seventh inning stretch? Where they have like the music going and Ted's calling for like beer here, and the music like <laughs> I think that's what they were going for. Okay, I don't know why, but the the numbering doesn't work out. But okay, right. Well, it's seven out of nine innings, and now it's five out of seven days. So, so they start talking about something else. Apparently, there was a big merger that fell through at GMB, and Barney's being blamed for it. So we start to suspect that he's doing all this just to distract himself. Right. And we knew at the beginning that there was something he was anxious about. So Lily's concerned that he hasn't said anything. Marshall says he just found out he works with the guy. So Barney's trying to keep this secret or maybe not secret, but right. He so, doesn't, he doesn't want, he doesn't want support from his friends on this right now. Right. Cause yeah, Marshall didn't even say that, you know, Barney ever said anything to him. He just saw Barney getting yelled at. Um, and they decided they're going to Tell him on Friday if he's going to keep his job or not. Lily wants to talk to Barney about it, but they don't want her to either disrupt his perfect week slash game, nor name it out loud so that it jinxes it. Right. So Ted offers to go, and instead of talking to him about it, he just helps Barney decide which girl he should hit on. And then we get some pitching metaphors (laughs) to identify the different women. It was fine. Mm -hmm. They were good, but I don't need to repeat them. He gets back, and Lily's annoyed because he didn't talk about the job thing. He just talked about women. Right. And then they all start bickering at each other. Yeah, this is actually kind of good because Lily wants to know, is ignoring it going to solve anything? Ted says, well, you ignored good dental hygiene for the better part of a decade. And you see him. She says, cook poo at him. Robin, Robin laughs. laughs. And then insulted, Ted asks her if Dale's called yet. And then in the midst of all that, Barney leaves. With woman number five. They get off on a tangent in the fake interview with Nance as to whether Barney's ever used performance <laughs> right. enhancing drugs, so essentially Viagra or a similar product. Which I gotta say, I'm kind of surprised that Barney hasn't taken that as some sort of like. They reveal he does in season nine because Marshall comes and asks for some. And he's like, sure, I always have some. Mm. But maybe he took it on later. Right. That is four years from now. True. So, yeah, we get a little flashback to clearly Marshall has taken some. He yeah, wait, this, is, a time, this is the one time Barney's been offered it. <laughs> right. 
And then we get a joke of, you know, if you have the four-hour erection, you have to go to the hospital. Well, I like this scene, so wait, let, okay. me, let me back it up here. Um, we get a flashback to Barney and Marshall talking at... It must be Ted's apartment, because I think that's what it looked... No? It's Lily and Marshall's apartment. Okay, it looks like Ted's apartment to me, but... No, Lily's, like, in the back, like, ironing or something. Yeah, but she lived with them for a while, so it could have been... Oh, no, it was their apartment. I look pretty close. No, I'm not going to argue about it. But I, I stopped and was like, oh, which one is that? Oh, no, that's Ted's. But okay. It wouldn't matter, because it could have been Ted's apartment, because they did live with them. Right. We don't know how long ago the story was. Right. They only moved out in the last two seasons. But that being said... Um, Marshall's sitting there looking very... Well, Lily's humming in the background looking very satisfied. <laughs> Marshall's looking very cryptic and, and giggly. Yeah, a little proud of himself. And he, yeah, like you said, he has a pillow over his lap covering the obvious and is offering... He's saying you know, how great it is and he's offering Barney some. Barney says no thanks and then, yeah, Marshall realizes you know, how long has it been since he took it and mm-hmm. it's been more than four hours, four hours he has to go to the hospital. So I, I think that was a fairly well done scene. Right. And again, you know, plays into the sports metaphor of performance enhancing drugs. Day six, we have a location change. We're at Robin and Ted's apartment. And Barney enters. Ted is aghast. Like, why aren't you down at the bar? Barney goes into a story about hooking up with a supermodel in the back of a horse-drawn carriage, and then yeah, does a it was really, really bad. terrible horse noise, and I hated every second of it. Yeah, that was going to be my worst, but then he sort of rebounded with Ted asking him what really happened, and he said he had lunch at a Staten Island Chili's and banged a, hair, a drunk hairdresser. Are you happy, Truthy McGee? <laughs> and so Barney goes to get, like, get something out of the freezer. He closes the freezer door, and Lily's like standing right, right there. <laughs> And, you know, insists he talk about what's going on. She tries to flesh out that what we just discussed, is he doing this just to distract himself from what he's worried about? So then we cut back to, you know, Ted. Barney denies that. Right. And then Ted and Marshall and Robin are just, you know, in the living room talking about other stuff. Uh, somebody told Ted that Cook is dropping his class. And then we get... Some more jokes. Um, so Ted pokes Robin about Dale again. She thinks he's going to call... Ted's, or Marshall wants to know, why do you care? He's, you said he was a dork, and she's like, do not talk about Dale that way, okay? He was twice the man you'll ever be. <laughs> right. And then we get Lily and Barney re-entering, and Lily's offering that he could sell his place and live with Marshall and her. I can't believe he owns that place. I always figured he rented it. Oh. Although he's made a lot of changes to it, so that, that probably wouldn't be legal if he owned it. Made a lot of moderations. Yeah, I never really thought about it. I like how... <laughs> As they're offering this, Robin says, make sure you bring your own toothbrush. <laughs> right. That was one of my favorites. So then, you know, Marshall and Ted are giving her a hard time again about, like, why are you messing with this? Like, you're going to jinx him. This is a hard episode to cover. They jump around a lot yeah. in this episode. And there's not that, m- there's not really many big moments in each scene. So it's, right. the scenes tend to blend into each other. I'm just, I'm really struggling going through this and covering this. Like, I keep getting lost in rereading the transcripts because, like, okay, where are we? Back at the bar? Are we back in our apartment? Yeah, that's why I was trying to, like, label where we were everywhere. But, yeah, it does flip around quite a bit. So Lily's calling out on the perfect week. Everyone's freaking out about this. Barney leaves hissing at her. Yeah, it was a good hiss. <laughs> Barney explains to Jim Nance that Lily's always messing with him. And Jim goes, I think she's got a thing for the barnacle. 
You're a keen observer of the human condition, Jim Nance. Yeah, that was kind of funny. <laughs> I did like that. All right, now we're at night seven. They're at the bar. Ted and Marshall are still mad at Lily, saying you know, she, she ruined everything for him. And Lily points out that Barney is definitely hitting it off with someone right now, so she didn't jinx anything. But then in comes New York Yankee Nick Swisher. I do who, not know who this person is. Well, we did mention he's a real player. A real baseball player. Right. I mean, prior to this episode, I've never heard this name before. Well, you have heard it from me because he's married to the woman, the actress that played Maggie in The Window in real life. I meant in real time when this episode aired. Oh, sorry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, I want to correct the record on something else while I'm thinking about a mix-up. <laughs> so a while ago, Jen was saying how everyone spells her name wrong and they spell it with two N's. And I was very confused. I was like... Isn't that how you spell your name with two N's? And you're like, no, what's wrong with you? You've been married to me for how long? Yada, yada, yada. <laughs> I was talking about her full name, mm-hmm. Jennifer, spelled with two N's. I didn't know she meant that some people spelled Jen with two N's. Yes. I didn't even know that was a thing. Yes. So, of course, I knew Jen is spelled with one N, but Jennifer spelled with two N's. So, for anyone that listened to that episode and thought I was the worst husband ever, <laughs> it was just a miscommunication. Okay. And then when he figured that out, he came running into the bathroom while I was taking a shower <laughs> to tell me about it. Yes. I could not wait. Because <laughs> I think you were still, like, wait, like, confused about, like, did I not know how to spell my own name? Right. <laughs> like, and I'd be like, no. I was like, look at your email. It's two N's. <laughs> Why are you saying it's one N? <laughs> All right. So back to Nick Swisher. Good looking guy. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure if he was single in New York, he would have no trouble any night of the week. <laughs> Although Robin thinks he has weird hair. <laughs> Robin doesn't understand what's going on. Yeah, or the attraction of a baseball player. Ted said that he once got rack-jacked by Phil Rizzuto. Now, this is the second time we've heard rack-jacked. I feel like saying Mm -hmm. to Craig Thomas, stop trying to make rack-jack a thing. (laughs) Well, here's the thing. Rack-jack is not happening. (laughs) The only reason I know the name Phil Rizzuto is because, one, Billy Madison... And Seinfeld. Okay. And Curb Your Enthusiasm, because didn't... Was that the one that Larry was, like, trying to get the jersey for, Rizzuto? Or was that somebody else? I don't remember now. I feel like it, the name comes up on Curb, though, too. But yeah, I never... Like, I don't think it was until I saw Seinfeld that I really understood that Phil Rizzuto was from... Was a baseball player, like, that was mentioned in Billy Madison. Yeah. I, I only knew him as a sportscaster for baseball. Or he was, like, a big... Yankees baseball announcer. Okay. And I've seen the movie... Is it 61, I think? Yeah, the movie 61 on HBO. Billy Crystal produced it, and it was about the... Sort of the race in... I forget what year it was, but I think it was the 60s. Early 60s, I think, between Babe Ruth and... Hank Aaron. No. Babe Ruth... Not Babe Ruth, I'm sorry. Between Mickey Mantle and Roger Maris to beat ah. Babe Ruth's home run record in a single season. Okay. So it was an HBO movie, and one of the characters in that movie was Phil Rizzuto, who was an announcer for the Yankees even way back then. Okay. And I remembered it was Joe, Joe Pepitone that Larry's trying to get the jersey for. Okay. And he was the manager of the Yankees for a long time. Okay. Or their coach, or whatever you would call it. Anyways, that's a tangent. Here's useless. My, my, only, my only point, here's some useless baseball trivia from people who don't know what the hell they're talking about. Baseball slash t- 
TV show slash movies. I like baseball movies. I just in the last month or a couple weeks probably have watched Bull Durham and Field of Dreams mm-hmm. again. But baseball itself, yeah, I was a big fan as a kid. I fell off a long time ago. It just doesn't carry my interest anymore. Right. Even though now we have a local team. Yep. So Robin's not excited about a baseball player, but she would be excited about a hockey player. Right. So, yeah, making that comparison helps Robin understand the barrier that Barney's now against, which, yeah, maybe we did skip over is um, the girl that Barney's been talking to is now, like, eyes on Nick Swisher. Right. So she's walking away from Barney, and Lily, feeling guilty, is going to try and run interference and falls in front of her, asks her to get her some ice, which she will, but then Wendy, the waitress, comes up and is going to get it for Lily anyways. So then Ted and Robin take action and Marshall, and just rush into the booth and start talking up Swisher. Right. So we miss a little bit in the middle um, where the whole reason that Lily agrees to do this is that you know everyone kind of talked about how watching Barney do this was kind of distracting them from their tough week. And then we also get the uh, revelation that Robin also shared the toothbrush when her and Ted were dating. So. <laughs> yeah. Yes, and then that all happens, and they're at the table with Nick Swisher, and Ted leads with, this guy and his wife share a toothbrush. Which Nick Swisher thinks is sweet. Isn't that (laughs) what we're all looking for? Someone to share a toothbrush with. (laughs) So, Lily and the guys were successful. Barney is able to get back to the woman he's been talking to, and they leave together. As all this is happening, Marshall's kind of acting like a sports commentator calling the game. (laughs) Right. He kind of came in and out of it, so it didn't work that well as a, as a gimmick. So now, you know, Barney has achieved the perfect week, and Jim asks him... Wait a second. I do like how when Robin's talking to Swisher, she tries to feign that she follows baseball, and she's like, Mookie Wilson, is that a thing? <laughs> he used to play for the Mets in the 80s. Oh, so it was a thing. Yeah. Good for her. <laughs> and then Swisher says something like, you know, baseball's great, but it's no hockey. And then she's like, I live right upstairs. <laughs> right. Even just him liking hockey is enough for her. <laughs> Right, so then, yeah, Jim switches to, do you think you might get fired today? Barney doesn't want to talk about that, but Jim Nance is a figment of Barney's imagination, so apparently he does. Then he disappears, Barney calls him a jerk, he repairs, calls Barney a jerk, <laughs> yeah. which I thought was kind of funny. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> so Barney gets called in, he's not losing his job. Let me go back to McLaren's, and for some reason Marshall has ordered hats to commemorate Barney's perfect week. Okay. He's retiring Barney's tie and hanging it on the wall. I guess they're good enough clients or customers where <laughs> right. they can just hammer a nail onto the wall there at the bar. <laughs> I mean, they're there like every day. Marshall, may Barney's heroic feat be remembered and spoken of for generations to come. Ted says, yeah, like I'm really going to tell my kids about Uncle Bar- the time Uncle Barney nailed seven chicks in a row. And then we come to You'll get the flash to times. <laughs> my bad, Dad. <laughs> but then we come, we're back at the bar and... Wendy the waiter, waitress yells out, take out order for Cook Poo. Um, Ted, Ted thinks this is, they're playing another joke on him, and so he's yelling back at them. It's a stupid name. Cook Poo, Cook Poo, Poo, Poo. And then she goes, here. <laughs> <laughs> that was probably the biggest laugh of the episode for me. I forgot that had happened. Okay. Don't bother. This did not make the top 100. Yeah, good thing, because I glanced over at your notes and I saw where it ranked. (laughs) Yeah, I usually write it down where you will notice it. So, yeah, it's 109. That's not that far out. There's a couple laughs, but it just didn't do it for me. Yeah, I'm actually surprised it's not further back. 
My favorite joke is probably all the little cook poo responses from cook poo. Mine is this very last scene <laughs> with just her perfect here again. Right. Well delivered. I think my worst is Barney's horse impression. I think it was the nursing a black Russian. Oh, yeah, yeah. And the white Chase American. the white American, yeah. That was weak. All right. So we made it through this one, and then we're on a nice streak of really, really good ones. Right. So the next, the next four are Rabbit or Duck, <laughs> which is the one where Barney advertises his phone number at the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. And the phone never stops ringing. <laughs> I forgot that. Yeah. Then we have Hooked. With where, Carrie Underwood. Yeah, Carrie Underwood. And, and Teacup Pigs. And everyone finally gets to hear my Carrie Underwood story. <laughs> Everybody's been waiting anxiously. <laughs> then, of course, with J-Lo. Yes. What's that one called? Of course. Super Date? Of course. Oh, it's called Of Course? <laughs> yes. What are we, a Abbott and Costello routine? <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> and then Say Cheese. And that's the one where Ted's bringing random yeah. people to... Okay. And Barney's pictures are all exactly the same. Right. Okay. Yeah, that's a good run. So we got a email from Rooney, who's written in the past. Rooney writes... Hey, bros. I think we teased Rooney last time about using the bro language. So I think that's why he or she is starting it off this way. (laughs) Hey, bros. I hope you got this electronic mail. (laughs) (laughs) Just want to say so good to hear your voice after so long. Welcome back. Thanks for getting me through tough and boring days at work. By the way, or BT Dubs, as he writes it, (laughs) do do you have a ranking of your podcast? I believe you do, and if yes... Can you share it, please? Always remember, you guys are legend. Wait for it. Dot, dot, dot. Hmm. And it ends there. That is a good email. I like that. Well, you'll never get Jen to try and narrow down what her favorite podcasts are. Wait. Uh, is that what he was asking? Our favorite podcast? I thought he was asking for the rankings of the episodes. Did I hear that wrong? Well, he's hearing the ranking of the episodes. I yeah. think he's asking us what our favorite podcasts are. Oh, um, he says, by the way, do you have ranking of your podcasts? Oh, maybe he's asking if we have it written somewhere. Right. That's what I'm wondering. Um, I wonder if we could share it. That's probably what he meant. Now I was like scrambling for a, wait, what is my ranking of my podcasts? <laughs> um, check in Rooney, but maybe we can share it with you. So I could, Rudy, let us know how you want it. Do you want, I could put it on my web, or on the website, on our website for our podcast somewhere and keep updating it. That might be a good idea. Maybe it'll actually bring people to our website, which I don't think has happened in the past. I mean, there's not really much on there. Or if you're (laughs) just trying to kind of keep up and, and join in on predicting what things are ranked, then we can send you a list of what's already been ranked. Yeah. So just email us. Let us know which one you want. And if you want to know our favorite podcast, also let us know that. We can come up with that list, too. Let us know whichever. Okay. Well, Jen, how how else can people write to us? You can write to us at runklerecaps at gmail.com is the best way. There's also Twitter at runklerecaps and Instagram underscore howimetyourpodcast underscore. I thought you weren't going to say those anymore. Um, You asked me for the different ways, so I gave them, but please just email us. All right. Well, no clever sign-off, but I will say happy Father's Day to all you dads out there. If you're having as much fun with it as I am, then I'm sure you're, you're, you're happy listeners. Happy Father's Day, everybody. We'll try to be back before two weeks. <laughs>